It's Jeff and Jeremy in the morning. I think I gained five pounds yesterday. Wow. What yeah. was the what was the spread? What did you guys have? Uh, well, my friend my friend's wife has chickens. And so she has eggs coming out of every, you know, she's always giving out eggs to everybody. So she made some great deviled eggs. And she they had bacon bits from real bacon and jalapenos that were those pickled jalapenos you get in a jar. Oh my gosh. And then I don't know what she did with the sauce. It was so good. It was I ate way too many of those. And uh it's a good thing we're not in the same room today. Uh, what else did I have? Oh, I brought. I, I had some pulled pork that I'd made uh, over the summer for Labor Day that I, I vacuum sealed and froze. And so I found that. I'm like, yes, perfect. And those sweet Hawaiian rolls with the new Kinder's hot honey barbecue sauce. Very, very good. Very, very so, good. So the Kinder's uh, hot barbecue sauce takes the freezer burn off the pork? No, there was saying? no freezer burn because it was vacuum sealed properly. And Do you have a seal a meal? Do you have one of those yes, things? Yes, I have a, a vacuum, vacuum sealer. Yes, I do. Oh yes, I got God. the one at Costco when it was on sale for like uh, eighty nine bucks or something like that, and it's normally like one twenty nine. It's a how really often good do one. you use it? I use it whenever I cook a lot of meat, so I use it probably a couple times a month, a couple times a month. Mm. And I actually, uh, my friend had the same one, and I still have salmon from a trip I did. It was a year ago, November. I went to the coast and I went I went fishing. Anyways. And that's still in the freezer, no freezer burn. You're lucky you don't live in my neighborhood. I would be at your house all the time. Trying to meat. use my vacuum sealer. I would just bring I would just bring pots of meat over to your house. Because I can't I can't bring myself to pull the trigger on the vacuum sealer. Yet I do. Well, I'll do the thing where I put the meat in the Ziploc bag, press out all the air that I possibly can. It's kind of like a yeah. the, you know, a ghetto version of the uh, of the vacuum sealer. Press out all the and then zip it up really quick on the on the Ziploc bag. But, yeah, my wife did something awesome yesterday. She said, you know what? I know you care somewhat about the game. I'll go to the birthday party. Oh, really? So she went with my son to the birthday party. My daughter and I sat and we watched the game. And not only did my wife do that, she bought us a spread. She bought us a little spread because there was just two of us. But it was more than enough for two of us. Got the vegetables and the dip. We got the little smokies which my daughter doesn't even eat meat like she does. She, she likes Turkey, but like, you know, deli Turkey, that's it. That's the only meat she'll eat that. And then sometimes she'll eat a hamburger if it's got like mayonnaise on it. But, um, so you know what I, I had little the- smokies always in barbecue sauce and the little crock pot, which is good. We yeah. had that, but we took the other crock pot and we put them in Buffalo sauce. Very mm, good. Really? Very good. Because the That's fat weird inside profile. the little smoke and this little smoky uh-huh. breaks down the that vinegary part of the buffalo sauce. It just works good together. Oh, it was actually oh, awesome. Okay, I would think opposite on that, but um, that's why you got to try it, right? Yeah. Uh, we did the meat frozen meatballs and um, and little smokies combo in the little crock pot. So a little she does like meatballs. So like this very you know like she's not vegan by any stretch. She just there's certain things she'll eat. Certain things she wants. No, I got it. I got it. She's a young but kid. She has, her tra- she has her traditions mixed up. She's like, hey, Dad, we got to go to the store, and we got to get shelled peanuts. 
And I'm like, why? That's more of a baseball thing. She's like, yeah, but it's a tradition. We did it like a few Super Bowls back. We sat there and we cracked shell peanuts. So oh, really? The house is a mess. Shelled peanuts are the dry equivalent to the syrup jar. You must need to put <laughs> a tarp sur- down. Next <laughs> time, next time she'll get a kick out of it. Just go to the garage, get your tarp, lay it down. Like, what are you doing? We're going to eat peanuts. It is impossible <laughs> not to have mess from those and things. And how fun like, would that be in the like living you room? Think, you think you, you sweep it all up and you get it all up and then you look down five minutes later and you're like, oh my God, I missed all that. <laughs> it's, that stuff just blows around. If your day's just starting, welcome. If your day's finally ended, whoa, crazy night, man. Thanks for listening. Jeff and Jeremy in the morning. Woo! On 93.3 KZOC. So the other day, <laughs> think i might have seen like a major crime and i didn't even know it um there was a almond farm in fresno that had 96 beehives stolen out of it oh wow you know how much 96 beehives is worth i have no idea thirty four thousand dollars now i didn't count the beehives that i saw in the back of the truck but i thought it was a bit strange that they're transporting beehives on the back of the truck i remember i was going northbound somewhere between a Tascadero and um, and and Templeton, and I I remember passing a truck, thinking, "Hmm, that's weird. I've never seen beehives on a truck before." I would say, if I was about to put my estimate there, it would be about a hundred hundred beehives on the back of this truck. And now uh, authorities are asking for uh, uh, gosh, I got to pay more attention. To my story. they're offering a cash reward for information on these beehives. So I, I, I have a question. When you information, load, I said I saw it sometime between Monday and Thursday of last week. When you load uh, between Templeton and uh, Tascadero, uh, will that be enough for a cash reward? When you put all these beehives on a truck and you drive sixty-five miles an hour down the freeway or fifty-five or whatever, right. how, do, how do the bees stay in there? They do. Like, I, have you ever seen a beehive uh, being opened? I saw, I watched an episode of This Old House once, and it was how to put in your own beehive in your, in your yard. And I guess this is something that's very popular, like in Ohio and stuff like that. But you have to have mileage in between that beehive and another beehive. Otherwise, the honey turns out bad, the bees turn out bad, and all that stuff. So you have to get a, a permit to do it. But these people had a permit, and they built a beehive. And it was funny because you pull out these trays, and these trays are just covered with bees, and they yeah. stay. In the in on those and trays, the hive is is on the tray, right? They're making their right. nest on, but the, it's in on a box, tray. so it's yeah. protected. So okay. the, the bees, like, yeah, you might lose a few bees. Yeah, they can fly uh, in and out, way. but yeah, yeah, most of them are inside. Okay, probably when they're traveling, you know, sixty miles an hour down the freeway, they're not going to want to leave their surroundings. They're like, uh, dude, what happened to Bill? I don't know. He went out and he never came back. Okay, I'm gonna hang out in here for a while. How many times have you seen something and you're like, God, should I do something? Did I just see a crime? But I mean, obviously, I just thought they were transporting some beehives. But I don't think that's normal. I don't see a. I've never seen that before in my life. I thought it was weird when I saw it. I didn't think anything of it. Right. But uh, th- those beehives, ninety-six beehives, are worth thirty-four thousand dollars because of all the money. I mean, all the honey. All the honey money. All, all the, the honey, honey and money. all the honey. Yeah. yeah. All the honey money. All the money honey. Yeah, I, I was recently, I was, I can't, I'm trying to remember where I was at, and I was like, boy, I should look into this, and I didn't. Oh, this was a dog. This was a totally different thing. But I saw a dog at a gas station, and 
he ran across the road to get there, but he had a collar on, but he ran up to the gas station door and people were coming out and petting him and stuff. And I thought, oh, okay. Then he started walking away with a lady and I thought, oh, well, maybe he's with her. And I drove out of the gas station and I got back. I was getting on the highway and I looked back and the dog wasn't with her and she got in a car and left. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm afraid that dog is going to get hit. But I drove away. I didn't do the right thing. So did the dog get hit? Did you see no, the dog laying no, there the next no, day? No, no, I came back and uh, the next day and the dog was not around. It wasn't hit. So I'm hoping the dog made it back. But next time, I'm going to promise right now to you and everybody else. I know. I will stop. I will at least look at the caller and I will, I will see if there's a phone number on the caller. A lot of people put their phone numbers on the caller now. Hey, if you find me, you know, call this number. Ah, drove me nuts. But we've all been in situations where we've seen something suspicious, too, and we don't do anything about it. And then it just You're like my wife. You know what I do? My my default mode on these types of things is, I don't want to get involved. (laughs) It was so selfish. I was meeting other friends. I had things going on. And I thought, well, God, I got all this to do. I'm going to be late. Who knows how long it's going to take if I call these people. And I got to sit here with this dog. But then I drove away, and it bothered me all night until the next day. And I drove by, and I'm like, okay, well, hopefully nothing happened to that dog that was It's a distinct possibility that these could be in the area. South Dakota beekeepers own the hives. They put the hives out in the almond orchard. They do it this time of year. Because this is the season for uh, the almond bloom, I guess the flowers that come out with the almonds uh, that they, they start to do it, and then the bees, bees pollinate make, it. Honey, yeah, make really good honey, I guess, uh, because of the almond. Uh, oh, almond honey is the best. Um, so this is something that happens often in Fresno. So if you've seen the hives, and I, I'm glad I'm reading deeper into this, the hives I saw were white. These ones are multi colored and they are branded with the letters m e b m e b so if you see multicolored hives call the authorities with m e b branded on them because they could have been stolen they the fresno uh county sheriff's department says that this is something that is very common this time of year people go into orchards and steal the Steal the uh, the beehives, and my question is: If you're going to the orchard and stealing the beehives, I can go to the orchard and steal all the fruit and the nuts I need, man. Because if you guys can't, like a beehive is hard to steal, right? Get stung, you know, all this kind of stuff. Bucket bucket of almonds, not that hard. I'll go in there, and- <laughs> but it's it's a lot of work to get to the almonds. <laughs> you know how they harvest those, right? They bring machines out that shake the trees, shake, and shake they the catch tree? them all on like tarps, yeah, yeah, or like some sort of tarping. Okay, well then I'll I'll stick to fruit then. Whatever. <laughs> you don't have to settle for a cup of joe to kickstart your day. When you can shift into high gear right here. Jeff and Jeremy in the morning on 93.3 KZOZ. So, um, have you seen those guys that, that build like the castles out in the jungles of uh, Indonesia? They uh, walk around wearing just nothing but like some kind of weird shorts. Like I say weird shorts because they look like they're made out of trees. And uh, and they build these like elaborate castles on YouTube. I forget what they're called. Um, I've seen guys in the woods that build like tree forts and swimming pools. I saw a guy. But not castles. Last 
Last night I saw a guy build an underground log cabin, and I thought of you. I was like, that's what you and your friends would like to do, underground log cabin. Like, it was... Oh, pretty, like where nice. you walk in from the outside and you go down and there's like a little entry and then the rest of the cabin's underground. It's, you, it's, you dig a hole. And it's log. Yeah. It's, it's made out of log, but it's, it's underground. Yeah. So and, uh, they put tarps up and, you know, that helps with the drainage. Because I would think you would, you know, if it rains, you'd just die. <laughs> die in a hole. But I don't know. They figured it out. Um, this guy, <laughs> this guy is a fisherman. So I don't okay. know how he talks. Yeah, no. Okay, this is the translation for it, and then you can stay tuned to find out, okay? Uh, what the translation for this is. Over there. I want to send me prison. Yeah. You didn't understand any of that? No, what does that mean? It means I digged a 200 feet wide channel into Lake Michigan. And I face six months in uh, prison and a $5,000 fine. Wait, 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 wait. Doug, a channel in the lake? Yeah. In Lake Michigan? In Lake Michigan. He's been convicted of vandalism and tampering of a national park. What he did is he redirected a river by hand, um, and that created a channel that became 200 feet wide. Okay. So you have friends that do this kind of stuff. They uh, take, they take, Cement bags and they throw it in the river, so they'll create a beach down down the way from their cabin. No, right? they and they just they change, just use rocks. It'll just change the flow. It'll change the flow of the yes, river. Yes, what so they do is they nice all have beach. they have heavy equipment excavators and things like that, and so they'll take their <laughs> excavator and they'll they'll load up uh, their dump truck and they'll dump the rocks and then they'll move the rocks down into the beach and make almost like what you would think of a jetty. And so what mm-hmm. happens is the river comes down. Uh, the fine particles of the sand kind of like swirl back towards the rocks and it'll just eventually so lay this, sand down and you'll have a nice sandy beach where maybe you used to have a rocky beach. So this is interesting because it's like one of those rivers that, you know, it's much different in the Midwest and by Lake Michigan and by especially the upper Midwest because there's millions of lakes everywhere and they just kind of, there's a lake here, there's a lake there, there's a lake here, there's a lake there. It's all kind of flat, right? So this river is not like a, you know, fast flowing river like we're used to here on the West Coast because we have mountains and things like that. So this river used to go back behind a sandbar that was in Lake Michigan and just kind of go around the sandbar and then peter out and in, in like trickle into the lake. Like the, the sandbar, it created like almost a, like you see a Pismo, an inland waterway, and then an out, you know, then you have the ocean out there. Well, Lake Michigan, in this case, would be the ocean. And this little inner waterway, well, what he decided to do to get fish traveling from Lake Michigan into this river so he could fish for them because that's what, you know, they like to go check out the areas of water that are moving fast, I guess. Is that true? Uh, the, the fish? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so he went and he cut a line from where that river was coming down and in and started to wrap around. Instead of wrapping around, he cut a line straight out to the, to the lake across this dune. Like he worked on it for a long time. Okay, this wasn't just like it's almost like how you hear like of a, a fork in a river. Like you hear the South yes. Fork or the North Fork. It sounds like that's kind of what he was doing. Yes. So this river still kind of exists the way that it went, but it's slowly going yeah, away. Environmentalists and, and ecologists they don't like that. 
Why? Well, because they don't want you messing What's, with nature, number one. And number two, you need a permit. They need to get paid. But really, it's more about <laughs> No, it is. Because if my son would have went out there and did this, granted, it would have taken him two months to do it. Um, if he went out there and did this and he had the gumption to do it, would they, would they throw him in prison for six, six months? No, he wouldn't and, have uh, been able to do it. $5,000 fine? No. And he's a minor. But... Yeah, this guy. And what was the whole purpose of this? He was trying to get fish to go up into the lake? Yeah, yeah. No, so fish to go travel back and forth. So he would, because it, it, it's 200 it. feet wide. Yeah. 200 feet wide, but it's only about, I mean, the channel that he dug is only about... Um, Six feet deep, five feet deep? No, so, well, I don't know how deep it is, but I, you could you could tell it's a little it's a little deep, but... You know, Lake Michigan's got tides, so he would go and dig when the tides would go out, and then right. when they come in, yeah. that's that's the whole thing. So um, it's about a hundred feet uh, that he cut, you know, like lengthwise of the river. That, that is a new existing uh, uh, fork of the river. It's about a hundred feet to get it to go to to Lake Michigan, and it's created a two hundred feet gap. And he just sits there, you know. What's the Zach Brown song? Toes in the sand. Yeah. Toes in the sand. Just tossing it in, waiting for that fish to hit. Pull it up on the shore. Toss it in. <laughs> boom, boom. Hitting them all day. Not anymore now, because the national park is this his. Pro- is this his property at all? I mean, no, even no, though no, no, you don't own land. the beach, you don't own the beach. But does he have property that butts up to this? Like he has a property line above the high water mark. Mm. It does not say okay. he was convicted of vandalism and tampering uh, with a national park. Yeah, old guys, they love to do what they want to but do. But now, here's the thing we have to kind of, we kind of have to appreciate in this one, okay? He did it by hand. He didn't bring an excavator in or anything. No. That's... He, didn't, he didn't dredge this or nothing. He did it by hand. He did it in plain sight. It had to take him some time to do this. It's not like he just woke up one day and goes, okay, I'm going to go. And they waited until he got it all done, I bet, to where they shut him down. Oh, yeah. Jerks. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, you couldn't have, like if you were doing your jobs, you would have come around and said, hey, uh, what are you doing there, boss? And uh, he said, oh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, redirect, redirect this river. Then they would have said no. And then you don't have to worry about any hurt feelings. And you know what? Part of me says, like, you know, like they say, oh, you can't mess with nature. Who's to say it's not natural for a guy to say, I want a better fishing opportunity and then dig a trench? That's nature. Subscribe to the Jeff and Jeremy podcast now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and YouTube. It's your Central Coast commute-friendly podcast.